0: K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Network Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with the writer and creator of the comic Intrusive Thoughts, Anthony Stokes. Welcome, Anthony.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, thank you for joining us here today. Um, for those who don't know, um, I'm not sure, I, I believe I filmed Baltimore Comic Con. You may have gotten caught in that. I'm not sure. I don't really remember. It's back in like, October, Halloween. October. But, um, yeah, Anthony and I actually met at Baltimore Comic Con in how did you, how did you do, how did it work out? Cause I know you shared the table, which I should have mm-hmm. done. I should have done that because it was so much harder to make my money back paying for a whole table instead of just splitting it. But how, how did you do at Baltimore Comic Con?
1: You know what? I, I made it, I did a decent weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, It was, it was really tough getting in. Um, I I, I overcompensate or I uh, overestimate how much time I had. Cause I'm, I'm, my parents are from, my family's from in NASA, Virginia, which is like hour and a half away from Baltimore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I can pull up around like 10 a.m. and be fine. The show started at 1.30 and it was it was so traumatic. I had to like had this dolly that I had to I had to wheel the my boxes I had way too me boxes. So I was tired the first day and then hung over the last day. So <laughs> it was it was uh it, it was a mix, you know.
0: Oh so, oh, so you only did Saturday and Sunday. You didn't do Friday.
1: Saturday, I was just kind of Saturday wasn't bad. Saturday was the best day.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Friday was like tumbleweeds. It was nothing that was going on that day, yeah. so we didn't really miss anything going on that day. There was this one guy, I don't know if you remember, the one guy that was like, he had the two uh, lightsabers walking around and all in black with the white face mm-hmm. and like black long hair. He was just walking up and down, back and forth. And mind you, Friday, there's nobody there, so you noticed him every single time he did it, which is weird. He never spoke to anybody or anything like that, so... It was weird. Anyway, yeah, we met at Baltimore Comic Con. Mm-hmm, but um, outside my introduction, Anthony, um, who is Anthony Stokes, and pretty much in your own words,
1: I'm just a storyteller or story, storyteller slash content creator. I just I just really love entertaining people. I suppose mm-hmm. you could say.
0: Okay, so as a comic book writer and creator, what is intrusive thoughts about?
1: Absolutely, intrusive thoughts is it's really about dealing with mental issues essentially mm-hmm. um and what what comes with that and, and somebody trying to heal themselves essentially yeah in the horrors i don't know if you wanted to like the metaphorical part or like the 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 elevator pitch
0: no no, um, yeah go ahead i want, I want everything
1: the elevator <laughs> the elevator is so this guy's a, he's a he's an orphan so uh he's an orphan and then he has like night terror sleep paralysis all this stuff and then his sleep paralysis demon bites one of his classmates during the day so it's kind of like mystery to see how this happened and kind of the fallout from that
0: yeah mm-hmm. so we'll get back more into the mental health um aspect of this towards the end of the interview but could you elaborate on your creative process on intrusive thoughts as a whole just from a thought in your head to working on like working it out as a complete work to now promoting it
1: Absolutely. So essentially, I had the idea ever like 12 years ago, 12 years plus, I think maybe inspired by Death Note of the idea of this guy being haunted by some kind of, you know, scary thing as a metaphor for depression. So I had this idea in like high school, you know, probably like so this has kind of been a a premise or an idea for like 13 plus years. And then. Oh, man, you know, it's so, so funny is I don't remember the actual there's like the creation process and like the creative process but I know that I made this because I was getting frustrated with my lack of response from a publisher so Mm -hmm. I was like I studied I did so much homework um I did so much homework I I read so many comics I read Sandman I reread Watchmen I did I did so much homework I kind of put myself through comic book uh, boot camp, I think for like two months where I just, I was just reading everything I could, you know, Chainsaw Man was, was he, I'm a big manga fan. Chainsaw Man, uh, Fujimoto was, was humongous, you know, it was a humongous thing. So um, that stands out in my mind more so than the actual like ideas, like how did I get from, from A to Z? I think, I think the idea of just being stalked by a thing is just, there's something very, um, it's just like, it just, it's just like universal. It's like a universal feeling, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, you can think of it like the Final movies is kind of the same thing. It's not a, it's not a literal thing. It's like being chased, you know, or the gray with Liam Neeson. I don't know why it's coming to me right now, but he's like being chased by wolves. It's like the idea of just being chased by something is just inherently terrifying. And I think so that's where I built it off of.
0: How, how was it, I guess, creating intrusive thoughts and like throughout the whole thing um making it your own while still being able to be influenced by these other things like the manga and the, and the graphic novels Sandman, the watchman death note everything that you've consumed and you did your homework on mm-hmm. so how are you able to like do this work like this is intrusive thoughts is mine even though yeah i did my own homework and have influences from these other this other media
1: that not thats an amazing question. Um, so I think it's, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna like dance around a little bit and I'm gonna answer it. So when you're starting out, you imitate like that's just, it's just natural. You imitate. Like I, I imitated Judd Apatow um, and Quentin Tarantino. The the first two movies that the 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 two works that really got me started into writing was uh Super Bad and then Glorious Bastards mm-hmm. um that I watched at the tender age of like 14, way too young. But like everything I wrote was like either super raunchy or like pitch black or, you know, trying to be, you know, trying to be like a black comedy. And what you do as you progress is you, you, you get new art and new artists who will inspire you. And then you start to break off and be your own thing. So I'm definitely in the later stage, I've been writing for like 10 plus years. So I'm I'm definitely in the, not the later stage, but I'm, I'm after the imitation phase. I would say it's, it's just taking all those influences and then just the way you, it can be as simple as the way you arrange it, you know? and and taking different elements and maybe it's not even it's it may not even be avoiding the influences or trying to do something different but combining different influences you Mm know to to make it something new as well like chainsaw man was a huge influence just because of the 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 tone and the the pitch black nature and then like the black comedy uses but you wouldn't watch it know that you know there's nothing i don't think anybody would read this and think chainsaw man you know so that that's I hope that answers your question very good question
0: no oh, oh well thank you but yeah it answers my questions but um how was the process collaborating with other creators on intrusive thoughts how did you know that they were the right people to invite into your world and work on your story
1: i'd, I'd worked with dns before dns is the artist i would worked with dns before because he did a couple covers of me for decay uh which are available my kickstarter coming up and so I'd worked with him before, I, I and I had I had I like his style. It's almost paint. It's almost paint like, very atmospheric. So I was like, yeah, he's he's and we had a great rapport. So I was like, that's him. And then he had a letter he had worked with, with it. I keep it's like Lost All Island. It's a comic book published through Source Point Press, but um, her style, it's very bold. It's very like out there explosive i would say with lettering and i think it paired perfectly with with his um with his illustration so um to me i felt like i had had a dream team you know like i felt like it was a slam dunk Mm
0: -hmm. so speaking of decay right Mm -hmm. um how was it working on that series and how did it differ from intrusive thoughts I mean, they, I mean, it's it's kind of you're still dabbling in, I guess you can refer to it as like the occult almost in a way, possibly. I don't know. If that's too big of a stretch.
1: <laughs> but
0: yeah. But so how how did it differ between the two, between Intrusive Thoughts and Decay?
1: I think it's it, it's both horror. Right. I think I think that's that's clear. Um, I think of Intrusive Thoughts as like Decay's older brother. Right. So Decay I made my is my first thing I'd ever published. And like I said, I've been writing for like 10 plus years. Mm-hmm. so um i had a i had a, I, I, feel, I still feel like i had a great understanding of story and characters and theme and stuff like that but the comic book process was was new it was my first comic book so i feel like with intrusive thought also with decay for me i wanted to tell a very simple story five issues you know i think a lot of the pitfalls that creators get into is they're like i'm gonna make the next saga i'm gonna make the next thing. you'll notice that saga went on hiatus like for for years <laughs> like these are hard to make you know, it's publishing through Image, and the you know these creators had to take—I don't know if they had to take a break, but they took a break for a certain amount of time. They have all the resources in the world. Make like a comic book—you ha- you're using your own resources. It's not going to be that easy. You're you're not—I mean, I shouldn't say you're not, but it it's hard to try to mix, like this big everything thing. So I said I wanted to do like a five two series. It's a revenge, in and out. You know, and um, to my credit, I like the series is going to be done later this year. You know. So that was the focus. Now with intrusive thoughts, it's it's six issues instead of five issues. I have a much deeper understanding of the combo medium because, like I said, I was I was like, I want to get published. Like that's all I was thinking about while making this. Like, I want to get published, want to get published. I, I I broke out of that mindset, but in reaching to try to get something that was publishable, I feel like I made a really good comic. So I would just say experience. And I'll also give myself a lot of credit in that. Um, I think there's a drastic improvement in terms of like how to make a comic book from the gate of issue one to two even i would say um but especially issue one to intrusive thoughts
0: Uh uh-huh so what advice would you offer to other creators it can be someone who you know wants to create uh, Mm -hmm. their own comic book it can be just writing in general it can be you know advice with collaborating with other people trying to find them and settling on them or maybe even like having disagreements with a collaborator you know so what other advice could you offer to creators someone that, that you wish someone would have told you when you first started
1: man honestly like this is going to be boring because it's like inside baseball but margins man like i i <laughs> the, so you know like based when you print a comic book i, I mean I, non-comic makers might not know this there's an area called the, the trim and then the bleed. So the trim is where it gets cut off. And then the bleed is kind of where they just want, like, they just want empty space to leave uh-huh. the room. I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know that. So <laughs> I, I would ask for a cover. I'm like, yo, give me a cover. What size? Ah, mm, you know, it'll probably work. And then, so I had to spend like $250 to get it refitted. Oh, wow. And I could, I didn't even have to do that. Like I did, I could have had my artist just add the borders. It would have taken all of like, it probably would have taken him like an hour um but uh so that was that was the the big thing but i also feel as if you have to learn these things on your own you know Mm -hmm. and i think that's the bigger point is just be like expect to spend a lot of money more money than you would have thought get ready to learn and you know just be flexible i think i think flexible. i think the the biggest thing is success in any industry but really um in in comic books because we have less resources is like being ingenuity and resourcefulness, you know what I'm saying? Like using everything you have in your disposal, which can be, you know, like, you know, money, like uh, Frank, I have an example. So, uh, on Kickstarter, the, you have the Kickstarter uh, banner and Hmm. the banner is like a preview banner and it's the same dimensions as say a postcard, so what people do is they'll they'll have a cu- they'll get custom made. Some people will just take a cover and cut it in half. I don't like it necessarily. I think it, you can kind of tell anytime something gets cut in half, you know, it's not going to be optimal. as making a new image. Yeah. What people do is they take the postcard from that banner, the, in, well, the banner, they'll put on a postcard and they'll put a, a QR code for the next campaign. They'll put that in a postcard and ship it with their their physical rewards. And it costs like if you go through Mixon, which is like one of the more expensive printers, it's like it's like twenty five dollars for one hundred um, for one hundred postcards. So it's something that doesn't cost a lot, but can yield really good results. Like if it costs twenty five dollars and then fifty dollars, say, to get the custom art done for the for the uh, banner at seventy five dollars, if your average backer is like twenty five dollars, which isn't crazy if three people sign up, you've made your money back. It's a wash, Mm -hmm. you know? And then, you know, so it's, it's little things. I know people are like, I don't want to spend the money, but it's like, you have to just, I guess you have to pick your spots. Like what is going to give me the maximum yield for whatever I'm putting in is something to keep in mind, which is business basics. Like, and it's, I see it in the community a lot. People are like, yeah, business, but it's like, all right, sure. But you know, if it's going to help you make, more comics which is the goal for me then you might want to pick up a few things you know
0: yeah exactly so throughout this whole process um do you or did you ever get overwhelmed does it ever become too much
1: <laughs> i'm <laughs> overwhelmed right now <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm exhausted
0: <laughs> um and, and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when it does become too much
1: so i'm actually not the best at it i'm not the best at this personally like the whole taking a break thing and then i've actually um so in the the 2021 going into 2022 like i'm I'm making the k issue one that's kind of it and then like most of last year i'm only making decay and then i started two new series and now three new series kind of all within the span of the last like four months four or five months so it's been it's it's been tricky, and I've been on vacation. I I'll, I'll take like a a three day weekend vacation, and I'm on my phone the whole time, like talking to artists and stuff like that. And somebody I work with us like, you need to take a break. I was like, I need a break from work. They're like, you need a break from comics too. So um, it's to me, I'm I'm gonna take like I think two and a half three weeks off and just not deal with any like no comics, no work, and kind of just you know like just just separate myself so I can come at it come at it fresh. And I think unfortunately, there is a culture with within or with, with comic creators in general modern creators, uh, maybe especially, where it's just like you just work, work, work. And unfortunately, a lot of artists are working themselves to death. You know, it's it's a very unfortunate thing that happens. And uh, it is something that uh, is very concerning. And it's it's we, we need to we need to correct that, you know, we need to not cor- Yeah, we, we need to address that we need to do our best to, to try to stay right. Cause you can't tell stories of your dad. That's that's how I see it.
0: Yeah, if you're burnt out, you can't really really do anything. I don't but know about I mean,
1: that. <laughs> I don't know about, I'm definitely burnt out. I'm still I'm I'm still moving, but I definitely think I'd be better at certain things with with some rest, some R and R.
0: Yeah. But uh, my last question for you, Anthony, is what is your idea of success? I ask that because as creators, if we're not getting regular paychecks from a full time job. Or making consistent revenue from our art, we're considered failures, or we'll consider ourselves failures. Many of us will put our dreams and projects on the back burner or give them up altogether because this career path can be highly intimidating and competitive. So mm-hmm. what is your idea of quote unquote success?
1: It it all depends. I mean, for me, I can just make I want to be able to make a great comic book. Like that's that's my goal is to like make a great American comic book. Um, you know, like a like a watchman, you know, like a like a sandman. And then whatever, whatever comes with that, that's what I would, I would um say. And there are a lot of people that would consider it like working full time, you know, in making comics, which is, you know, that's a fantastic uh, goal to have. That's absolutely fantastic. And some people would say, just keep making, just make, keep making comics, like just the act of making a comic makes you successful, which is also true. But me personally, I just want to make, I just want to tell great stories. Truthfully, if I could, if I could make something that got like universal acclaim, like I could, I could be happy with that.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah, I think that's like the dream pretty much for everybody, who at least people who create stories. Um, but is there anything else that you want to touch on about Intrusive Thoughts or Decay? I know you just said that you mentioned that Kickstarter that's supposed to be coming out sometime this mm-hmm. year, right?
1: Yeah, the Kickstarter is coming out um January 24th. So I'm very excited about that. Brand new series. So I have like trying out new things. I got, I think four covers. Yeah, four covers so far, which is the the most I've done for a campaign period so it's it's going it's going to be pretty crazy but i think it's a great comic book and i think uh it's i got some great variant cover artists for the for the comic book so i think it's going to turn out great so
0: is the kickstarter for decay or is it for intrusive thoughts
1: it's for intrusive thoughts but decay is available as an add-on oh okay,
0: okay okay
1: yeah so you know and that's the thing that's the great thing about when you get a kind of a catalog because you're yeah. selling your old stuff and you already paid. If it's, if it's print, like I have so many comments in my, at my house, like I pay for all this stuff already. So it's like, you're just getting paid on, on your back catalog, which is, which is also really exciting. And then I have my decay trade will be out later this year for sure. In time for, in time for Baltimore, certainly that's the, that's the big goal. And uh, no, it's like even better because then you can get the, it's all about the upsell, you know, mm-hmm. it's all about like getting people to spend more money. So that's, that's also exciting is seeing like, what's it like having a Kickstarter with two different series available for Burgess? So I'm excited to see how that looks.
0: Yeah. I was telling a guy, um, I don't know if you saw when I was at my table, but the table next Mm -hmm. to me was empty. So somebody came and took over the table and I was telling him (laughs) about how um, it's easier to sell when you have um, it's easier to sell like a trilogy of books when you have, um, I guess when the whole thing is finished and you're more likely to sell the first one only than you would the first two because people are less likely to invest in a whole series especially if it's not finished then a um yeah they're they're less likely to invest in a whole series than just the one book Mm -hmm. so it's best to have like options and have stuff that's finished as well and have like as more copies of the first one than any of the other two like I did in my, in my stuff. So yeah, having a catalog, it gives, like it gives people homework to do a lot of the times. Yeah. Um, it garners more interest as well. Cause it's like, Oh, you've been doing this and you've been doing it for a while or at yep. least long enough to produce a lot more work for me to look at. And so how many, how many are going to be up? Is only going to be the first issue of K is It was going to be,
1: it's going to be three issues. It's going to be issues one through three. And, and it's
0: you're be doing two
1: more, that. right? Two more. Yeah. And I'm, it's going to be a double release. So it's going to be four and five at the same time, which is also n- new, you know, with, uh, with Kickstarter and y- you always want to try new things. You know, you want to try, I think at least one new thing, a campaign. So yeah, I'm doing four and five in the, and in... it's interesting you brought up novels because what's cool about comics is that essentially you want to get to the trade because the trade is the best value for the customer. And, um, because like, let's say a floppy, a floppy is a single complication. I don't know. Just for people that might not know that. And then like, let's say that a floppy is $8 or even like $5. And then the trade is like a trade of a five issue series is, is, is $15. It's just a great, it's a great deal for the customer. And, um, I'm curious, I'm curious about this, like, um, my table right now is pretty, it's, it, you saw, I, I, I was sharing a table with Armin, shout out on my boy Armin, mm-hmm. and, um, I had, like, one rack and, like, one other comic, and, like, I try to keep my booth as simple as possible, and my first con, it was Hampton Comic-Con, uh, that had to be, that had to be 2020, man, my, I'm so messed, like, hold on, that was 2021, I don't know, my, 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 uh, yeah, that was 2021, yes, okay, sorry, uh, I've been doing fun. all this. I've been doing this and working. So, like, my my time frames are all off. Yeah, so, <laughs> I go, I don't have any variants. All I have is the K issue one and then a poster prints that are just a copy of the K issue one, the K issue one, uh, K issue one uh, cover. And then I have like stickers. So, I only have like three products essentially. Oh. And I messed up. So, there's exhibitor tables and there's artist alley tables. I end up getting an exhibitor table which is like two feet wider than the artist alley tables. Uh So I got this huge table. Like I have this (laughs) like shack length table and only have three products. And (laughs) I think, I I think I got some pity buys and it, you know, it it was a good experience because it was like, all right, like I was like, I'm going to get, this is going to suck. Like I was just walking through like, this is going to be so embarrassing, but if I can get through this, like I can get through every con uh, after this will be easier Uh uh-huh yeah and then i and then i went to baltimore where i had to park across the street and uh put money in the meter and and rolled everything down like half a mile and that was definitely worse but you know i still i still learned a lot i learned a lot from every con every experience you know
0: uh i i parked at the stadium for free so
1: (laughs) i should have (laughs) fallen. yeah i i uh, I, like I said, I, think I got there a little late. Were you? Were you overnight? Like, did you get there Thursday? Or you got there like Friday. I got
0: there Friday. Friday, I had to pay because um that's during the week when you mm-hmm. have to pay. But if there's no event or a game right there, that's right where the Orioles Stadium is. If there's no event like a marathon mm-hmm. or a festival or a game, you can park there for free.
1: Yeah, see, that's the kind of thing. I it was this was my first big con, so uh-huh. um, it was it, in some ways it was like the best weekend ever. In some ways, it was like the the worst to to be <laughs> honest. Um, because yeah, I I got there late. There was a parking. They they were like, oh, there's parking over here, and the parking lot ends up getting filled up. So yeah, and then I end up parking. Uh, yeah, like in this parking garage. You know, now I know. I, one, I'm getting there Thursday night uh or i'm getting there Soup, yeah i'm probably getting yeah i'm getting thirty thursday night. like it's just it's just worth it and then um i'm 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 not doing the marriott because i did the marriott and that was like they upsold me on everything so i mean i you, like i said it's just a, it's just a learning experience you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah everything is just learning experience especially if you don't have the resources or the networking to really know what you're supposed to do yeah all right well again i want to thank the writer and creator of the comic intrusive thoughts and decay while we're at it uh mm-hmm. anthony stokes for joining us here today all of anthony's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details for those who are interested again i am Kay garner and you've been listening to the solo nerd podcast thank you